0: Hey friends, my name is Alyssa Razor and I am the founder of the online ministry, Magnified. And I want to welcome you to season two of the Magnified podcast, Detecting the Lies, where our mission is to bring awareness to the battle in which you find yourself in every day. What is this battle? It is the battle for your soul. More than that, the battle is over how and where you use your energy. If Satan can take over your mind and heart and what affects your actions, he has won the battle. That is why this podcast is all about getting to the root of the lies we believe and how to fight back with the word of truth. Before we jump into today's episode, make sure and check us out on the Magnified Instagram and Facebook page at Magnified4016, where you can receive more encouragement on a weekly basis from me and my partner, Caitlin. Also, if you liked today's episode, make sure to give us a review and let us know what you've thought of Today's episode. I also want to bring to your attention that each week in the show notes, I place resources, songs relating to today's episode, and the scriptures that have been mentioned in the episode. That way, if you ever wonder what were the exact scriptures or the resources that I mentioned, you can find them all in one place in the show notes. You will also find in the show notes the two alerts that I mentioned in the episodes. These are just more ways on how to fight off the enemy and his lies that we face every day. The songs are just a bonus and a great source of truth when battling the lies of Satan. So now, with all of that being said, my dear friends, let's get ready to jump into today's episode and get ready to detect the lies together. Enjoy! Hello friends and welcome to the first episode of season 2. I am so excited to be starting this brand new season with all of you and I'm so thankful for those of you who have come back to listen to more episodes. And if you didn't notice, in the last season for season one, there was this theme of identity and who we are in Christ and who we are in Jesus and who he calls us and how knowing who he calls us and how we are defined by him, that changes how we see others and how we see the world. I think also identity is the root and the foundation of who we all are as humans. And so if our foundation is messed up, the rest of our worldview and the way we view God and the way we view people and ourselves is going to be messed up so that is what season one was all about and it was kind of an underlining theme of also of God's great love for us of just how much he loves us and like I said of that identity now for season two we have a new theme and I'm super excited about this theme and this theme is very much Inspired by God. (laughs) The second thing is that this theme is more on the physical sense, which we're going to be talking about our bodies, you know are they ours? Do we have the right to do with what we want with our bodies? You know, our mouths, what we say to the people around us and how that affects our lives. It's going to be about our minds renewing them in Christ. It's going to be all about these physical senses that have to also do with the spiritual world around us and how much the enemy would love it if we just believed that we had the control and power over our own lives, our own destinies, our own bodies, and All of that power that we think is left in our hands is what God actually desires for us to leave in his hands. So that is going to be the theme for season two. I also want to go ahead and say here that our social media is also going to be getting an update. There's going to be a lot of new fun graphics, new kind of design and theme over there as well for season two. So make sure you go ahead and follow us if you haven't already. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at magnified4016. And this, of course, like I said in the intro, is where you get regular updates from us and just go deeper into these podcasts and studies with us. Also, magnified on our Facebook and Instagram page, we post about our blog posts and short stories and all sorts of things that are going on also on our website that don't necessarily have to do with the podcast. It's just one big ministry social media pages. So make sure you check us out if you haven't already. So the lie that we are going to be getting into tonight, and like I just said, season two has this underlining theme of our physical bodies and how they relate to the spiritual world. And so tonight for episode one of season two, we're going to be jumping into the lie, I am ugly. And the truth that we are going to be applying to this lie, I am ugly, is I am accepted by God. So the truth to combat the lie, I am ugly, is I am accepted by God. And to kind of add on to that just a little bit is I will be satisfied in Jesus and he will take care of me. You know, that idea that he will give me what I need when I need it. And as I was researching this topic and just really leaning into the spirit for guidance for this topic, the goal that Satan has when he tells us, I am ugly, is to stuff out the light of Jesus inside of us and have the darkness win, to stop us from sharing the love of Jesus and bringing others to Christ. So when Satan tells us, you're ugly, or when we start believing the lie that we are ugly, Satan's goal with this lie is to stuff out the light and have the darkness win. And ultimately, Satan wants to stop us from sharing the love of Jesus and bringing others to Christ. Now, of course, all this may be seem kind of far-fetched at the moment. and Like, wait a minute, how do all of these connect? And that's what we're going to do with this first episode tonight is we're going to connect all these together for you. And our key scripture that's gonna be kind of our way to fight against the enemy and his lie is Galatians chapter one, verse 10. And it says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So this is Paul talking, he's writing a letter to the church of Galatia and he's telling them about how there is no other gospel except the one that has been given to them by Jesus Christ. And I believe he is also referring to these false teachers that the people of Galatia have started listening to and following after when they think it's the real true gospel, but it's actually not. It's a false one. And Paul is talking about how he is a true follower of Jesus Christ. He's not teaching them something that he's made up or that someone else has made up. This is actually a revelation from Jesus Christ. And that's when he says in verse 10, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings? Or of God? Or am I trying to please people? He's saying, is my gospel trying to please people? Is my gospel trying to win the approval of man? And he says at the very end, if I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. He's saying, if I was trying to make this up, I would not be a servant of Christ. If I was trying to win the approval of man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And a little bit before that, he's saying how the people of Galatia have heard about how he used to be the Jews of Jews, right? How he used to be this high standard of moral excellency to all the Jews. How he used to persecute Christians for following Jesus Just think of himself as this holy and righteous person. He's saying, if I was still trying to win the approval of man, then I would still be back there doing that stuff. I would not become a follower of Christ of who I am today. And that is really what I'm going to be trying to get at tonight, is that when we say I am ugly, underneath it all, we are trying to win the approval of others. Now, before you say, wait a second, I don't think that's quite it. Before we go on any further, I want to make a distinction here. And that was in my research and in my study and all preparing for this podcast, I came across two different kinds of beliefs that we can believe about beauty and kind of the wrong beliefs of beauty, right? Because that's what really we're striving for when we say I'm ugly is that we want to be beautiful. And I think there's two types or two categories per se of beauty and the first one is the obsessional beauty where we're always obsessing always thinking about how we can be more beautiful or how we're not beautiful or what's wrong with us or all these different quirks about us that we don't like and how we're always saying oh this is wrong and this is ugly or this part of me is bad even and it's just this like constant thinking of how I can be more beautiful what do other people think of me does my shirt look just right today do the shoes look right with my outfit it's just that obsessional beauty of always thinking about how you look and the second category is the category that there is a standard of beauty that we feel that there is this standard of beauty to live up to this standard of beauty isn't even one that we put on ourselves it's one that the world tries to tell us it's all of the thoughts of society all the social media trends all of that stuff that plays into our thoughts that just come and tell us what is cool and what's not cool and what you shouldn't do and what you should do what looks good and what doesn't look good it's all of those kind of standards and rules you could say a society that tell us what's in and not in and the category that we're going to be talking about tonight is the first one I mentioned of the obsessional beauty of the one that's always trying to get the approval of others. Now, of course, the first question is to ask, okay, if believing a lie that I am ugly is actually underneath trying to win the approval of others, why do I feel the need? Or why do I believe the lie that I am ugly? Why do I feel the need to be beautiful? Why do I feel the need to be accepted? And this, I think, is relates straight back to season one of most the episodes that i made and it goes straight to our identity as a person and who we are in jesus acceptance i put on my piece of paper here acceptance equals seen known belonging and loved as a human we all want to be those things we all want to be loved we all want to be accepted we all want to belong somewhere we all want to be loved by others we want to be seen by others we want to be known by others and so the enemy tricks us into thinking that if we fit a certain standard of beauty then we will be accepted and loved and known that we will have and obtain all of these things when the truth is We will never find any of those things in a human being, ever. Yes, it's true that we can feel we belong with a certain person, or we can feel that we are loved by someone, but the thing is, is those things aren't forever. Someone I know was just saying this morning, if we put our hope in human beings, we will always be let down. And so that's why we can't put our identity in a person or even an object, because it can never fulfill us. It will never ultimately satisfy us. And so that's why we have to turn to Jesus to satisfy us, to fulfill us, and have everything that we are be defined by him. Because he is our creator, he made us, and he is the one that will ultimately love us no matter what. Now, as you're listening to this, you may be wondering... Okay, I don't know if I quite, you know, relate to this. Like, is this really me? Do I actually, like, do I believe I'm ugly? Like, I think, like, I don't think I have that problem. I don't think I'm ugly. I don't think that, you know, I'm trying to win acceptance from others. But I made up a small little list here of things that actually may relate to you more than you think. I know it relates to me more than I probably would normally think. And it's a list of things that we will try to do to win the acceptance of... others and I don't think it's just in thinking I am ugly I think he goes into a lot of different areas of our lives because as I said tonight the truth statement is I'm accepted by God and so we're gonna be looking at what that means in the grand scheme of our lives and in all areas of our lives not not just beauty I mean it's mostly gonna be in beauty but in believing I am ugly we're gonna find out that we are accepted by Jesus and we don't need to live in the fear of man any longer So, what are some signs that you may be living for the acceptance of man rather than God? Here we go. Here's my little list for you guys. So, the first thing, and this goes directly with the I am ugly thing, is dressing for others. Only wearing what you wear because it is cool or the newest thing. I think this also directly goes with hairstyles or makeup or jewelry or just any particles of clothing. Always trying to wear the coolest thing. Always trying to do the next coolest thing. You know, are you doing that for more for others? than you are just because you like it or because it brings God glory. You know, are you doing these things to get attention or to be in the right friend group or because you think it'll make people value you more? These could all be signs of you trying to win the acceptance or the approval of others. The next one, this one hits me kind of hard, is as a Christian, doing good works to be noticed by someone or so others can praise you. Are you doing those good works for God, for your reward in heaven, for God to see you? Or are you doing it so that someone notices or that others can praise you for it? And again, this is that underlining want and desire to be known, to be seen by others, to be loved by them. But of course, this is going about it in the wrong way. The next thing I have is doing the coolest hobby, drugs, or agreeing with the newest ideas and philosophies about the world. You know, just going with the flow, just doing what everyone else is doing, not going against the crowd, not actually standing up for what you believe in, just letting other people walk on you, giving in to those temptations around you, not actually fighting and standing up for the truth. This is another way that we could be living for the acceptance of others because we don't want to set people on edge. We don't want to ruffle people's feathers. We don't want to cause division. We don't want to stick out from the crowd. This is all a way of living for the acceptance of man and not for God. I think another way we could say this is do we keep our voice and head down when our beliefs are challenged? This is a great question to just journal down right now, folks. (laughs) Do we keep our voice and head down when our beliefs are challenged? The next thing I have is watching, following, listening to all the newest media, singers, TV shows, movies. This is, of course, staying up with all the pop culture. You know, do we just do the pop culture stuff because our friends at our schools do it and everyone else around us is getting into it? Do we do that? Do we stay with the newest things just because everybody else is doing it? And I want to go back for just a second to this. Do we keep our voice and head down when our beliefs are challenged? I want to just say kind of a tool alert here is that the enemy, this is kind of a side note, but the enemy would love it if we just kept our head and mouth shut and down. He would love it for us just to go with the flow and to not do anything about the beliefs we have inside of us. Because this goes back to my original point about Satan's goal is to stuff the light out of us and let the darkness win to keep us from ultimately bringing others to christ and sharing the love of jesus with others and bringing them into relationship with the father to bring them into an eternity so that they could live in heaven one day that is satan's goal is to keep us to keep others out of the race of getting to heaven and experiencing god's majesty all right and number five for us kind of goes with our mouth you know what we say and what we do you know the line Making fun, gossiping, following sexual desires, uncompassionate, looking for out for our own self-interest, making it about us instead of God. You know, sin itself can be such a way pressed to look for the approval of man. Because I know for myself, when I lie or when I make something up, it's because I don't want people to look down on me because of the truth, or it's because I'm afraid of what they're going to think of me. And so we hide. We hide what we think other people aren't going to accept or like about us. And this, you know, goes along, like I was saying, with our mouths of gossiping. Do we just say bad things about that one person because we're right there in a conversation with someone else who is? Or do we stick up for what we believe in and actually say something and say, hey, I don't think we should be talking about this person. Like, I wouldn't want someone to talk about me, so why are we talking about them? And again, following sexual desires. Running after things that we were never meant to run after. And of course, I want to say this is that of course, God made sexual desires a good thing. It is a wonderful blessing from God, at least so I've heard. (laughs) But it's to be used in the right context. If we use it outside of God's context, the way He set it up for marriage for a man and a woman, then it's not going to be good. It's going to be awful because we're not following the guidelines God has set down for us. And they're not guidelines to spoil our fun, they're guidelines because when he created us so he knows the best way to use use i'm gonna say his products we're not his products but i think of it as like a creator if he's made something right if a man has made a watch and he says hey this watch is not waterproof don't use it in the water but we decide to use it in the water anyways well it's gonna break right because we didn't listen to the creator to the maker who said hey don't use this in the water it's gonna not work anymore if you put in the water that's what we've done with sexual desires. We've taken them outside of God, the creator, who says, hey, don't do this. It's not going to work. It's not going to work the way it intentionally was made to work. But we do it anyway. So we take it out and we say, I'm going to do whatever I want with it. It's my life, my body. I do what I want. And the thing is, it's not going to be a beautiful experience anymore if we take it out of how the creator wants us to use it. And the last thing is just being a compassionate and just that rude or just jealous and just letting those bitter feelings take root in our hearts of just wanting to do what we want and being prideful in that and just scorning people and not treating them the way Jesus would have us treat them. And again, this is once again going against the crowd, going against what everyone else in the world is doing. But it's exactly what Jesus would want us to do. And it's that stepping out in light and being a light into others. All right, so that, finishes up my list of things that we can start recognizing ourselves of habits that perhaps we are creating that we didn't know we had until now of discovering that, hey, maybe I am living for the approval and acceptance of man. And so to fight against this tonight, I want to look at three categories of how we can move from getting the acceptance of man to the acceptance and living in the freedom that christ offers us and it's kind of like this three step process that i kind of came up with the title of the first step right the first foundational thing that we have to know if we want to move out of this way of living of living for the approval and acceptance of others and that first thing we have to know is that we have acceptance from our maker And I talked a lot about this in season one, as I said, about our identity and who we are in Jesus. But that really is the foundation of our whole walk with God. If we know that acceptance is found in Jesus, then that changes everything. And the first point that we need to see is that Jesus is our maker. And if he, God, is our maker, then that means we have inherent worth and value. We are loved and we belong to him. He is our creator. He is our father God. Like, he loves us and we are just covered with love every single day from him. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, but Psalm 139, I love that chapter it talks about how God has searched us and he knows us and he's familiar with all of our ways and how he knitted us together in mother's womb and we're fearfully and wonderfully made and it's all about even before before we were born we had inherent worth and value because of who Jesus is and who our God is and who he created us to be And so I just want to read a few verses here real quick from Psalm 139. And it starts with verse 1. It says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain just as this is saying is that in psalm 139 when david was writing it he says you know you know me you search me you created me you know when i sit you know when i rise you know when a word is what it's going to be even before it's on my tongue so this is about god being our creator and how just at our core we have inherent worth and value and the last little thing i want to put under this acceptance from our maker is that we cannot earn the approval of god right we can't earn the acceptance of god we already have acceptance and approval of god by just being his child by just being adopted into his kingdom of light there is nothing we can ever do to earn our way to heaven to earn our acceptance or approval from him because god is looking at jesus and not us he's looking at jesus's perfection and not our own perfection and something that i've just been learning is you know what grace really means and i don't want to get into a lot of this because i know this could be a huge topic in of itself but something that i've been learning about grace and i don't remember exactly where this analogy it's from. I think it might be from "When Striving Cease" by Ruth Chaw Simmons. But she's talking about how God doesn't look at our mess, He doesn't look at what we're trying to do, what we're not trying to do. He doesn't look at any of that. He's looking at our perfection or not perfections. He looks at Jesus. He looks solely at Jesus' blood, death, and resurrection. And so, like I was saying, there is just no way for us ever to earn acceptance or approval from God. We already have it. So stop trying to work for it. I want you to stop trying to work for it, friend, because you'll never get there. And you won't ever get there. And the only thing you can do is lift up your hands and surrender and say, Jesus, I trust you. I trust that God is looking at you instead of me. So I'm going to stop trying to work so hard. And I'm just going to accept your approval. Because I already have it. Why am I trying to work for something I already have? And the second thing that falls into the next step of this not living for the approval of man anymore. So our first step was realizing that we are accepted by God, that we have a maker and our identity comes from him. And the second step into moving more toward living in freedom in Christ is not to care what others think not living for the approval of man this is where that big step comes into play if we know who we are in jesus if we know that our identity is not come from the world or anything that man can give us then why are we trying to live up to the world why are we trying to fall into place what the world is doing when we know that that's not who we are if we know that we are not living for the approval of man anymore why are we trying so hard to please them (laughs) and there was this uh thing that a commentary was saying that i was reading this morning and it was saying you know if we're supposed to be transformed in our minds by christ why are we trying to fall into step with a world that is in opposition to christ why are we trying to fit in something that we know is against christ It doesn't make logical sense if you actually sit down and think about it. And so the first little point that I have under we don't care what other people think is um, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. You know, if you're looking for a way to stop fearing man, the first thing you have to realize is that God did not give us a spirit of fear. And the scripture that goes along with this is 2 Timothy chapter 1. And it starts with verse 7 here. It says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. This is Paul writing to Timothy. He's saying, Timothy... Don't be ashamed of this gospel that you've been given. You are not given a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of self-discipline. He's saying this is not who you are anymore, Timothy. You have been saved from the past. You have been saved from this wretched darkness way of living. And now we are to live in this new way of Christ. We are to remember that we were given a spirit of love and of power. And another section of the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. If we know that we are perfectly loved by Christ, if we know that we are perfectly loved by him, him. and that is where identity and who we are is found in there is no room for the fear of man any longer we know we are found in christ we know where we're headed we know where we're going we do not need to fear what others think of us and the next little point leads right directly into this is that god did not create us to fit into the world. So again, if we want to move past this way of thinking of living for the approval of man, the next thing we need to know is that God did not create us to fit into the world. And I think this is huge. I've already been hinting at this a lot in this podcast already, but we were not made to fit into this world. And the verse that goes along with that is Romans 12 2 and it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will i want to back up to verse one there to give a little bit more of a background and context it says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if we go in verse one there, it says, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So this idea of in view of God's mercy, he's talking about in view of what God has done for us, in view of all that Jesus has done for us, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Give your bodies as a sacrifice. And in the commentary, it was saying, you know, bodies does not just mean our physical body. It's talking about all of us. You know, our emotional well-being, our spiritual well-being, our mental well-being. Every part of us is to be given over to God, to be conformed to his image, to his will, and not our own. And, you know, there's a promise here. There's a good news part of this, you know, because I think there can be a little bit of this daunting thing, wondering if I can really trust God with everything or not. At the end of this, it says, his good, pleasing, and perfect will this is a promise that god's will is good pleasing and perfect we can trust him because he's good he's perfect and he's always going to be doing what is good for us it's this idea of not even with the world going against the crowd being transformed in our minds becoming a whole new creation in christ Alrighty, and the last thing that I have for this little step of not caring what others think, not living for the approval of man, first thing we had to realize was we have acceptance from our maker. Acceptance is found in Jesus, and we cannot earn the approval of God. We already have the acceptance of God. We don't need to earn it. And then the second thing we did was don't care what others think, right? We're not going to care what others think, and if we don't care what others think because of who we are in Jesus, then we have to remember and learn that God did not give us a spirit of fear. The second thing we just said was God did not create us to fit into the world. And the last thing I have under this, I don't care what other people think, right? I'm not going to live for the approval of man anymore, is that we have to remember, our reward is in heaven. And the verse that goes along with this, I have a couple of them here, but the first one I want to look at is Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 24. And it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So just as it says right there, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And it's saying, you know, work at it for the Lord. It's not for human masters. It's not for the approval of man. It's for God because your reward is going to be from him one day. It's not going to be from the praise of those around you or the acceptance or the things that people have said to praise you. It's going to be from God one day. When you stand before the throne, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. That is where our reward is. It doesn't matter what others think. It matters what God thinks because he looks straight at our heart. He's not looking at our outside performance, how good we look, because like I said, we can't earn that. He's looking at our hearts and our relationship with him and if we are doing it for our reward in heaven. And the last verse that I want to say that goes directly along this, with this is Proverbs 31, 30. And I think this is a beautiful verse to keep in mind if you are truly struggling with a lie, I am ugly because I think this combats it perfectly. And this is, like I said, from Proverbs 31, 30. And if you're not familiar with the chapter of Proverbs 31, I would highly recommend you check it out. The verses of 10 through 31, It's the title is Epilogue, The Wife of Noble Character, and it's all about the characteristics that we should carry as women who are wives and how we can support our husbands and what that looks like and all those kind of details. But verse 30 has something really special that I think all women, even men, can even take from. And it says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So read it one more time. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. See, so he's saying right here, it doesn't matter how beautiful you look. It doesn't matter how perfect your hair is laid straight today. It does not matter if your white converse are still white. It does not matter if your jeans fit just right or if you have the coolest T-shirt or whatever. It doesn't matter because he's saying beauty—it's fleeting. Like so, what? So what about anything else? It's fleeting. He even says, charm is deceptive. It's deceptive. But the thing that is to be praised is not her beauty. It's not her works. It's her fear of the Lord. That is what true beauty is. That is what is to be praised. And I think it's interesting because I was reading this in the commentary as well and preparing for this podcast. And it was saying how, you know, the whole... Chapter or this whole part of the chapter about proverbs 31 woman is you know about what she does It's all her works and it's about people praising her and it's about her preparing things for her family and taking care of them But she's not to be praised for that She's not going to be praised for how well she did those things those things are wonderful in and of themselves But the thing that she is praised for, for the most is her heart for the Lord And that is the same kind of beauty that we should be striving after and so moving off of that, before we go into our last little section, I want to take a little detour here, a little time out, and go back to my list that I mentioned earlier of things that we are doing that show that we're looking for the approval or acceptance of others. This is the part where I want to say what to do instead. So you know you don't need to give in to fear anymore. You know you need to start living for the reward of God and not others. You know you need to, you know, not fit in the world. You know these things... But now I want to tell you the how of what to do instead of chasing after the things of the world. How do I change my mind? How do I change my actions? How do I let Christ really transform me? And so these are just three ways that I have come up with. And this goes, this first one goes directly with what I was saying just a second ago about the Proverbs 31 woman. About how true beauty comes from within. And the first thing that I want to say, what not to do anymore. If you're looking through, what do I need to start? stop doing? What do I need to start having self-control over? And that is to change the motive. Don't wear your clothes, hair, don't do hobbies, show off for others. Don't start doing all of those things in service to God. Change the motive of your heart. Stop doing it for the approval of man and start learning how to do that for the approval of God. And in 1 Peter, we get an answer of kind of how to start doing this it says your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes rather it should be that of your inner self the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in god's sight for this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in god used to adorn themselves they submitted themselves to their own husbands like sarah who obeyed abraham and called him her lord you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give away to fear So this part in 1 Peter is talking about wives, but I think it can still apply to us as women and where our true beauty should come from. And Peter is saying here, don't let your beauty come from the outside. Stop making your beauty come from the outside and start making it come from the inside. The quiet, humble, gentle spirit is what should adorn you. And this quiet and gentle spirit is not necessarily... This, like, you have to be reserved and shy, you can't be outspoken and passionate, all those things. All those things are still a good thing. That's not what Peter is saying here. He's talking about the women that have nothing else to do except gossip and tear each other down and all of those kind of things. We're not to be those kind of women and tear each other down and basically start these little wars within our friend groups, right? I mean, that's of course taking a little bit out of context there, but what Peter would be trying to say. But For our day and age, that's what he means. And our true beauty should start coming from within. So if you want to change your motive, change your heart, change why you do what you do, start by having a humble heart and serving the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord and stop swimming the direction of every other fish in the sea. So the second thing of what to do instead, instead of chasing after the approval of men, is to walk with God and trust your reputation with him. This is huge, guys. This is really huge because I think this is where the real change is going to start happening. You know, I think, of course, we're going to see a change in ourselves if we stop dressing and doing all the things everybody else does. That's that in itself is huge. Right. But I think when we start walking with God and trusting our reputation with him, this is huge. This is the heart behind changing the motive. And I want to encourage you as well that if you start to walk with God, if you start trusting him with your reputation and, you know, if you start getting persecuted for it, people start making fun of you, start asking you questions, start looking at you weird. You might lose friends. You might lose family members. You might lose all of this earthly things. But what you will gain in return is so much better. And I want to encourage you that just because it's hard, you have difficulty, or you are made fun of, does not mean it's the wrong choice. Just because you face persecution does not mean you made the wrong choice. Look at Jesus. Jesus was more than persecuted. He was crucified because he did not win the approval of men because men hated him. They persecuted him. They whipped him. They beat him. They spat at him. They punched him. They crowned him with thorns. They pierced him. They nailed him to a cross. All of these terrible things happened to him. But does that mean he made the wrong choice in dying for us? Absolutely not. It was the best decision any man, any god could ever make for us to come down and sacrifice himself for us, to make a way for us to live with him in heaven someday. So I want to encourage you that just because you might be persecuted for something or you look like you're starting to lose earthly pleasures and satisfactions does not mean you made the wrong choice that is just the price of following jesus and the price that we have to be willing to pay to follow christ in second timothy chapter three starting with verse ten paul says to timothy you however know all my teachings my way of life my purpose faith patience love endurance persecutions sufferings and then he goes on to say these kind of things happened to me in antioch and in lystra and the persecutions he endured right he's talking about these persecutions he endured and he says yet the lord rescued me from all of them and in verse 12 it says in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in christ jesus will be persecuted while evil doers and imposters will go from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived but as for you, continue what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you learned it, and know from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And then he says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. of course there's a little paraphrase there at the end but just that verse 12 in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in christ jesus will be persecuted now of course this is going to look different for each and every person but in some way or another we are all going to at one point face persecution for being a christian we just are and then going to john chapter 15 starting with verse 18 he says if the world hates you keep in mind that it hated me first if you belong to the world it will love you as its own as it is you do not belong to the world but i have chosen you out of the world that is why the world hates you remember what i told you a servant is no greater than his master if they persecuted me they will persecute you also if they obey my teaching they will obey yours also they will treat you this way because of my name for they do not know the one sent me so jesus himself is saying in this world you're going to be persecuted they hate me so they're going to hate you they're going to hate the light because they are in the darkness and they want to stay covered in the darkness but i'm calling you out i am choosing you to go and be a light and to show others who i am in this dark world and that goes directly into what i want to say about the last little phase our last little step here after all we know that we're accepted by God, and if we know we're accepted by God, then that gives us the confidence to not care what anybody else thinks about how we live our lives. And if we don't care what anybody else thinks about how we live our lives, and know our reward is in heaven, to know that we were created to not fit into this world, and that we don't have a spirit of fear, the result of how we start living, the result of stepping out in faith, is gonna be that light into the world of what I was just saying. Jesus wanted His disciples to be that stepping out and showing the world who Jesus is and how we were originally designed to live, of how God created us to live in our purpose here on earth. And I want to read Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 and 16 just to just encourage you and to remind you of how we are to be the light in this dark world. And it says in Matthew chapter 5, Verse 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do the people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. And so they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So just to recap, real quick, this is the result of when we start living. Not for the acceptance of man or the approval of man, for the acceptance of God instead, because we know that our worth and our value is founded in Jesus. And if all of that is found in Jesus, then why are we still living for the acceptance of man? We need to start living like we don't care that. We don't care what the world thinks. We don't care what the world says. And the result of living like that is being the life of the world for Jesus, to point others to Jesus and to see them in heaven one day. And I just have one little question left here for you to kind of wrap this up. So yes, just one little question I want to ask, you know, ask yourself this. If I'm accepted in Christ, why am I hiding who he created me to be? If I'm living for Christ, if I'm a new creation, if I'm living a new way now, if I'm not living in my old ways, if I'm not pleasing the world anymore, why am I trying so hard to earn the approval of others? And if you are struggling with the lie, I am ugly. If you really believe you are ugly, let me tell you, my sweet friend, you are not. You are accepted in a beautiful masterpiece in God's eyes. You were created for so much more than to go around believing that you were ugly. (laughs) You were made for something so much bigger, so much more important. You have such a bigger purpose than to be worrying about what others think of you and what you even think of yourself. Because let me tell you, God does not think you're ugly. He is looking at your beautiful heart who wishes to know him better and who wants to serve him better, and that's all he wants. He does not need a perfect girl on the outside. He just needs... big girl with a big heart for him and for his glory and he will show you his purpose he has for you because like i said you were made for so much more than to just go around thinking that you were ugly that you were worthless and that you have no purpose you were designed and created with a purpose and god loves you my friend god loves you so much my last little note that i want to give you this is the final thing now i know i said that already but (laughs) this is the final thing And this kind of goes back to what not to do instead of of living for the approval of men, of going around and lying and making fun of living these sins. And that is to ultimately let go and let God. Let go of your life, lay down your life, submit it over to him, surrender everything to him, and let God. And my two verses for that are Proverbs 22, verse 4. And it says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches, honor, and... In life, If you will humble yourself before the Lord, the Bible promises that that will result in riches and honor in life. Honor in life, those are the riches that we will receive in Christ if we just give it over to God. If we will just give up our reputation of trying to look good, of trying to be like everyone else, it will result in honor in life if we give it over to the Lord. Alright my friends, and the very last scripture that I want to read to you, I think they're just beautiful words that I just want to encourage you with and just let flow over you so just maybe take a minute to stop what you're doing and just listen to these words of life and of scripture and the scripture is psalm 96 starting with verse 1 and it says sing to the lord a new song sing to the lord all the earth sing to the lord praise his name proclaim his salvation day after day declare his glory among the nations his marvelous deeds among all peoples for great is the lord and most worthy of praise he is to be feared above all gods for all the gods of the nations are idols but the lord made the heavens splendor and majesty are before him strength and glory are in his sanctuary ascribe to the lord all you families of nations ascribe to the lord glory and strength ascribe to the lord the glory due his name bring an offering and come into his courts Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. All right, my dear friends, to close this out, I just want to say a quick prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness, for how much you are just so insanely in love with us. I thank you for how much you love us, Lord, and just how you're continuing to chase after us and to reveal and to show us your truths. God, I'm just at the moment overwhelmed by you, Lord. I thank you that you are good and what you do is good. Lord, I pray for the girl on the other side of this microphone lord and this podcast god God, i pray you would strengthen her and in- help her to endure life's trials lord god i pray she would pick up her sword of truth today that she would pick up these scriptures that she would go to war against the enemy or that she would no longer the lie i am ugly take over her mind and heart that she would no longer believe these things lord that she would not be deceived by them that she would know that she is beautiful in your eyes god and that she is accepted by you lord she does not have to earn your approval or anything else because you are enough therefore she is enough and god i pray that you give her bravery and courage to step out of her comfort zone to go to the places to talk to the people to do the things you have called her to do that she would swim against the current lord and be one of those fish that swims against it lord and shows other who you are and to be a light in this dark generation god i pray you'd be her strength you'd be her energy that she would be her words her passion her desires her everything lord i pray you would give her a heart of flesh And remove that heart of stone, Lord, that she would behold who you are and so much more. Jesus, I thank you for this time you bless us with. I thank you for this woman on the other side. God, I pray over her and her situations in life, things that she's just as overwhelmed with today. God, I pray she would lay them down at your feet, that she would surrender it all, and she would live in your peace and in your goodness. And Lord, I pray that no weapon formed against her shall prosper. I pray that Satan will not have a hold on her and her mind and her heart any longer. God, I thank you that yours is the victory. I thank you that you win all battles. And God, I just thank you that you're our champion and you are my warrior who saves. It's in your great and awesome name I pray. Amen. All right. All right. My dear friends, thank you so much for listening to the first episode of season two. Woohoo! I'm so excited about that, as you can tell. (laughs) But yes, my dear friends, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for hanging out. Make sure you check us out on social media. And thank you all so much for listening with me today. I look forward to talking with you all again. But until next time, my dear friends, keep fighting and keep your eyes on Jesus.